Welcome to the Millennial Pastor Podcast. I am your host, Josiah, for this season finale. Um, on today's episode, we get to have a conversation one-on-one with this past season's guest, Ryan Alba. Ryan, how you doing? Doing good, man. I'm I'm not nearly as good as you, though, because I know you just got back from vacation. Yeah, you just snuck that in right I wanna, away. I want to hear all about it. I want to hear... Oh my goodness. Costa Rica. I did. So I'll over, just... over under over under five zip lines. Oh my so <laughs> I think six or seven. I already had someone saying, Wow, you're the most basic white dude ever. Like, okay, whatever. But in Costa Rica, you zip line. I'm sorry. That's all there is to it. Uh my wife posted some photos. I posted some photos. There's just an amazing series of photos where she's realizing what she's doing and then she starts to lose it. And she <laughs> it, it was literally they said they said the lengths, and I can't remember, but I want to say one of the stretches was a quarter mile, like something crazy. Nice. Uh, maybe even longer. But she screamed the entire length of it. It's like 3,000 feet up, and you're going across this canyon, and she's just screaming, and you hear it the entire way because it's just like <laughs> echoing in the canyon. It was impressive, but yeah, that yeah. Amount, that amount of like like lung capacity, yeah, that's impressive. Well, I mean, you, sure. you heard her kind of gasp and then continue it a couple times, but no, it was glorious. Um, yeah, my wife is prone to screaming. Uh, it's it's like it's kind of hilarious. We've been married for going on 15 years and still to this day, actually, like just before I jumped on this, I just walked into the bathroom to tell her, hey, you know, this, that, the other. I think it was about the podcast, maybe that we're going to record. And she just screamed like I just walked in like, hey, Kaylin. And then and it was just, you know, it wasn't like she she was in there with our two youngest kids in the tub. So like there's noise and things are happening. It wasn't like she was alone and then she was startled (laughs) by another person. (laughs) <laughs> she just is prone to screaming and it's hilarious that's awesome but yeah no it was an amazing amazing trip we have not done a thing just the two of us um for more than well here's the stat that i just yeah. tell everybody in a decade my wife and i have been able to spend the night away from kids a total of five times leading up to this trip so <laughs> it's been a long time coming I feel like I'm emerging from some sort of crazy hibernation where I'm not exactly sure what's happening with my life, but gosh, you got me on a tangent. Sucky, I know. Right? Well, I want to hear it, man. Like, I mean, you so the, the beaches were good. The... Yeah. So we stayed at a beach. We stayed up in the rainforest. Uh, Costa Rica's number one thing is ecotourism. So everything's like, you know, this is what we're doing to, to be good stewards of the environment. And so like everything that you do there is kind of catered to that in some way or another. So lots of, nice. lots of things that either, you know, like the zip lines help continue to support the protected forest that they're in, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. And like, we got to see a coffee plantation and uh, a cacao farm and all that stuff. And it's all nice. sort of, it's all rooted in someone's doing something with land to keep it doing the thing that it's supposed to do. The Probably the coolest thing we did was we went and saw sloths 
there's this protected, I mean, every river is protected. And so there's just certain areas that, you know, people can get special licenses to mm -hmm. continue to do the work to protect endangered species like sloth. And the sloth is the national animal of Costa Rica. It's so amazing. <laughs> and they're so weird. And they're, they're amazing. <laughs> like sleep 16 to 18 hours a day and just, they're just chilling and fermenting nice. food in their own bellies. They are like a moving distillery. That's what they are, which is. <laughs> So it can't be Nazarene, <laughs> I guess. Like they're not allowed, wouldn't be allowed to be Nazarene at that point. That reminds me of the, the family guy where Peter takes communion. He's like, that's the blood of Christ. He must have been wasted 24 7. <laughs> yes. So yeah, Costa Rica was amazing. We are, we are recording this my like first day back in real life. So I'm a little bit. I don't know. I'm having a hard time mentally shifting gears. So I'll, I'll already yeah. say to, to continue the tradition, because this is the beautiful thing about what you did. You were continuing mm -hmm. sort of my, my and Byron's standard operating procedures. But the one thing you didn't do that I'll reintroduce that? apologizing for something that you did <laughs> steep. So once again, listeners, we're sorry. We're sorry for my rambling about going to Costa Rica. That's probably not what you jumped on this. No, I just want to know at, at what point are you guys going to be moving down there Wearing Birkenstocks, right? You're I mean, going out your Jesus hair again. So let me just say, coming back to where I'm now. If you, if y'all listen to this, we're only recording it the day before because of vacation and stuff. Seattle is getting hammered with snow, so no. coming back to the PNW and barely making it because they're canceling flights left and right. I have, I've had a whole lot of what am I? What? Why do I live where I live? Moments, <laughs> lots of excuses as I'm shoveling my driveway and I'm having to swap out wheels because you have to have studded winter tires here otherwise you'll slide off the mountain we live on and just so many interesting things like hmm, wouldn't nice. have to do that in costa rica <laughs> i feel like yeah it's just like one of those things like i see like people on youtube go there or like i hear people all the time like yeah we're just gonna move down to costa rica and like buy a plot of land because it's super cheap and well, and homestead or to whatever. be honest with you i have some mixed <laughs> feelings about that because you got way better buying power than the locals and like yeah you know you're kind of kind of out uh, you're i don't know ostracizing if if that's the right word but about you're gentrifying yeah you're gentrifying an entire country by doing that so <laughs> i would have some mixed feelings about doing that but regardless it was a it was a trip of a lifetime and yeah that's shifting exciting, gears man. Yeah, thank thanks for asking, Ryan. So yeah, while I was in Costa Rica, your last episode popped. I think I was able to listen to it before because I was, you know, helping do the final production and everything. But uh I yeah. I have I've enjoyed it's funny to hear someone else take my dumb idea and run with it, right? <laughs> like me and Byron with things like the millennial stereotypes, but again, conveying why we do it. That was cool to hear someone else do, but each mm -hmm. guest, you know, you had some sort of connection to them, whether it was, you know, you have the personal connection. There's some geographical stuff that was shared. Mm -hmm. A lot of folks in the Southwest, you had one outlier that lives next to me, but <laughs> going into yeah. it, I, I know we talked at length about, Hey, do you want to have a theme? Do you want it to just be people, you know, what it, and it kind of just, we, it sort of was an amalgamation of some things, but generally speaking, these are people, you know. People you know yeah. pretty well, well enough to interview. Um, going into it, what was your expectations? But now looking back, like, was there something that you didn't expect to happen that did happen 
something that you were taught in this process? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I went into it with a lot of expectations. I did, I did think I, I found that like, as I went, um, went on kind of doing it more and more, like I kind of became better at just asking, I think better questions. Um, and my, my goal the whole time is like, I was just trying to have conversations with people and, you know, the whole podcasting was like secondary. Um, and and that, that probably comes that comes from like I've listened to like a lot of podcasts like that. They're just like more conversational, um, and so that was just kind of what I was going for. And without trying it, trying to, I I kind of was I was pretty equal as far as like men and women, and I was kind of all over the place as far as like age range, uh, which I I didn't initially set out to do that. It was just kind of people. I thought of like, Hey, I'd love to talk to you about talk to you. And would you do it on a podcast? And, uh, and most people were pretty, pretty open to it. And a couple of them were, um, Hey, will you talk to me on the millennial pastor podcast? So like, well, we're not millennial or I'm not millennial. And, um, <laughs> I mean, the, that rule went out the window a long time ago. So I was like, whatever, just come on we'll have fun. We'll, we'll talk about stuff. But I think the, if I had to pick like an underlying kind of theme that I didn't really intend that as, as I was going on, I, I kind of started picking up on is just like um, a lot of people, basically almost everybody I talked to had some kind of thoughts and ideas about like, how can we as the church or as pastors um, lead the church into a direction of kind of post-Christianism kind of, how do we leave lead the church into places where we're not just a Sunday morning social singing hour? Um, and that's kind of something that's been on my heart for the last couple of years. And I I didn't even intend on the, the conversations going that way for the most part, but most of them did. And I thought that was pretty cool. I think that's become a, a pretty constant threat, especially with those that are having to spend more time on it, AKA, you know, pastors, leaders of churches, etc. There's so much that I would say was accelerated through the 2020 period of time that the time that we don't speak of, I don't think <laughs> I've heard all of the fun labels for it. The last really, 20 years. Yeah. I mean, just, <laughs> yeah. The last 20 years, uh, things just actually that probably would have taken 20 years just happened, right? Yeah. So I don't know a single pastor. Well, that's not true. Uh, I don't know pastors of maybe normal sized churches that aren't thinking like, what are we doing? Right. Some pastors, you know, I, that I have interacted with that have bigger churches are are doing one of two things. They're like, wow, this is awesome. Cause there seems to be a big kind of shuffling or, or, or rearranging and some of the bigger churches might be getting bigger, but it's because, you know, smaller churches are dying or something like that. Yeah. Or there are bigger church that's hemorrhaging numbers and they literally are just like pulling their hair out and they don't know what to do. So mm-hmm. I don't know a single pastor that, that uh, at least in my Nazarene circles, isn't thinking through what, what are we doing? Like mm-hmm. beyond just, you know, it's not a question of theology or what we should be teaching, preaching, et cetera. It's why are we preaching this way? Why do yeah. we only use the building like this? Why does this polity say this? So 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I felt that, man, every time I was listening to these episodes, because you start off all silly talking about avocados and <laughs> spice lattes, but then, you know, there's some significance to it because part of the beauty, well, here, here's a, here's the, here's the direction we're going, Ryan, because you, you're here, you don't have a choice. <laughs> I wanted to reflect on the whole podcast with you as well. I didn't yeah. tell you, I wanted to surprise you, but the whole, <laughs> the whole point of this podcast from day one was there's a whole subset of pastors especially in our denomination that i'll say you're welcome first of all you know i think i was one of the first ones that told you you should start a podcast yeah (laughs) you byron it was byron yeah but i would blame both of you so i guess thank you yeah um the uh the desire was to share lived experiences from a fresh perspective because there's something Mm -hmm. to be said about an organization maturing and, and aging um, that the the newest folk coming up into leadership are going to have the freshest takes on stuff, right? And initially, yeah. as, a, as a millennial pastor, the first time I was a lead pastor, I was constantly fighting against, you're not like the pastor that I was expecting. You are not this. You're not that. You don't do that. And cause mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, I just can't even do that. <laughs> like, I can't even, you, you want yeah. me to look like I'm 28, but think like i'm 70 do you realize how ludicrous that is that is <laughs> ridiculous so part of the desire of this podcast is to convey the reality that hey we care deeply about the church but that doesn't mean we want to do it the way it's always been done so what does that look like to start that conversation and you know with the silliness of please don't write us off because whatever show or tv or news you watch says millennials are dumb like come on mm. now like if a cop pulls you over, are you going to ask, are you a millennial? Are you old enough to write me a speeding ticket? You're going to just say, <laughs> sorry, sir, I was speeding. And it's not yeah. even like a consideration. But for whatever reason, I think you said this one in your episodes. Yeah. We think that mid-30s is young in the church. Yeah. The fact that I'm still considered a young pastor is weird. Is wild. <laughs> I mean, I have children that are entering middle school. right? Yes, like, I, I woke up two days ago and my ankle hurt and I had no idea why. It, uh, amen. I <laughs> I literally was laid up a couple days ago because I, I got under a car and I twisted wrong and I threw out my back and I could not move for like two or three days. It was absolutely humbling because I had to have everyone else help me. Yeah. But truly, you know, in the grand scheme of things, the podcast trajectory is interesting to consider because the, the whole point, if the point of this podcast, if the point of this experiment, if you want to call it that, is to simply continue to share the stories and perspectives of those that maybe haven't had the seat at the table metaphorically speaking right air Mm -hmm. quotes there then you know me and byron came to the decision of well we need to make sure that it's not just our little corner of nazarene dumb or church dumb or whatever that's getting a chance to share or whatever yeah so it's been really cool that folks like you and my other three guest hosts were willing to to do that to say oh yeah sweet i'll I'll jump on the 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 podcast and maybe I'll incorporate some of the silliness. Maybe I won't. But regardless, yeah. there's there's some bandwidth there. Um, in reflecting upon all of that nonsense, um, I wonder though. I guess this is a question you've done it now. Uh, mm-hmm. I've had some I've had some reactions, and I'm wondering if you've had anything like this or if you have some thoughts on it. Some folks still have thought, oh, that's nice. Millennials are probably listening to stories about millennials, right? And this yeah. may be dismissed. Or it's like, oh, well, that's 
concerning. We need to talk to you about why we're concerned about what you're talking about. Have you had any of those responses? What What's sort of the behind the scenes, if you've had any conversations with folks about this, the reception from, from maybe the stereotypical yeah. church leadership of like a boomer who is a Nazarene leader who has some thoughts? Has that Have you had those conversations? Nobody's talked to me about it, which is great <laughs> i don't know that or maybe that just means i don't know if people listen to it i don't know um i've had i mean all the feedback i've had has generally been positive um yeah uh roland sent me a message for a whatsapp message from his dad in who's in south africa uh, a couple couple weeks ago and it was really encouraged a couple days ago actually um it was really encouraging to hear him just being like hey you know we need to learn from our from the younger clergy, we need to learn from from the next generation. Um, and he's been a Nazarene pastor and missionary for decades. Forever. And um, that was really cool to actually hear that, hear him say that. Um, but no, I, I haven't. I've I've just had people tell me, "Hey, I listened to that episode. I thought it was really good." So um, <laughs> it's That's... mostly just like been like texts or kind of like side conversations. It hasn't been a lot of um, people. Nobody's called me to complain. So that's been good. That's good. I mean, <laughs> you you did focus on some more positive stuff, I guess, you know, especially when we talk about things we don't do well or things we don't get right. That's when at least I, I get a lot of opinions and a lot of thoughts <laughs> from folks all over. Right. And yeah, it's interesting because through, as I reflect on the past four, I think we've been doing this for four years. Um, it, over the past four years, it, one of two responses in that arena come forward. It's like, oh, I'm so glad that someone's talking about this stuff or we don't talk about that. Don't talk about mm. that. That's dangerous. So it's interesting. I don't know if that'll happen. I mean, it takes a while for the episodes to, you know, get to the numbers that are the averages and it takes a little bit. So who knows? Maybe, maybe someone will say a thing to you. Uh, but yeah, I, I just, uh, I'm excited that folks want to contribute to this because we actually have a whole, we have, I'm working on the fourth right now, but we should have four guest hosts for all of next year as well, nice. continuing to do this stuff. So I'm, I'm particularly excited about that. Um, we should seemed... we met the, the, the hashtag blessed. I thought that was fun. <laughs> we can, we can see about that. The, the, tr- the trouble with it is that as I step into more of like the producer level i'm letting folks kind of run some social media stuff how they want to and i'm also learning how to better give continuity suggestions so listeners have something to expect which for the record listeners that's this is probably the trajectory of the show for the foreseeable future as long as we have folks that are interested in curating stories probably three month long seasons and different Mm -hmm. guest hosts with different themes or focuses and a couple things you can expect. I don't know if it'll happen next year or the year after. We have a couple different themes that are that are interesting. One coming up pretty soon is all about mentoring. What mm. it looks like to get it right and how we desperately need it to retain yeah. young pastors. We have some discussion coming down the pipe about disability theology, which is fascinating and under underrepresented and discussed on at least our show but just in general i would say we have create we have conversations about creation care that are coming down the pipe 
Nice. And then another one that I find super intriguing, uh, we have conversations revolving leading worship, particularly in camp settings. So there, oh. there's a whole, I mean, that one, that one is like, I'm really curious what that's going to be like, because I don't know about you. I, I feel like at least every other pastor around our age got their calling at camp, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, my, my was a mission trip, but it might as well have been camp. Sure. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a fascinating consideration because I, you know, it's, we're still developing what the seasons will f- fully be about, but I guess I, I think I can say there's been conversations about, you know, having, having the tough conversation about what's authentic worship versus what's emotional response, uh, mm-hmm. mining or fishing or whatever you want to call that. Um, but yeah, and we have a couple, we have a couple more that we're still sorting out. We might get into, yes. we might, we might actually have a full on Gen Z season coming down the pipe all about nice. the current, the pastors that are currently in school, what that looks like, what, what it's like mm. to be a student while us old millennials are griping about being in the church. What's it like to actually be taught <laughs> to, to be the church leaders of the future. So I'm really excited about all that stuff. That's I think interesting. That, yeah, for sure. I think it, it's really cool to hear, you know, fr- f- folks are a being willing to like say, yeah, let's do this. I want to be a guest host and figure out what that looks like. But B, there's going to be so many more stories that can be shared and told that would not have been done because, you know, either A, me and Byron are not professionals in that area, or B, we didn't know all of the people that will be on the guest list. So, I mean, yeah, I think that's, I think that's really great. I mean, at first I think it was a little hesitant when you were like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, hand over the reins. Um, and uh, I was like, well, this is the same show. <laughs> I and know. Then I, I kind of like the more I thought about it, like, you know, I think that's pretty mature. This <laughs> idea of like, Hey, I don't know everybody. <laughs> um, and yeah. And also, you know, I know we are all very busy people these days, but kind of have the spirit of the show move on. Um, and with different people um, and allows you to, I'm, I'm sure it frees you up to do more things at home and at work and absolutely all the things that you have to do. Well, there's um, a couple, there's a couple, you know, just, I don't know, production level things that are helpful, but I actually think once I sort out how to be a better producer, we can have better content, AKA folks spending the time focusing on actually curating the stories while also having the editing and production side sorted at this point, it's looking like in 2023, we'll have like three or four people working on the podcast, which is pretty nice. wild. But no, I, I think it could be really great. It's still just an unfolding experiment, but the, the focus is still the same. Like, what does it look like to share these stories of uh, particularly young folks, young folks trying to figure out what it looks like to do ministry? Um, and so I also... Well, back to those earlier episodes. I, I'm sorry, just you were telling me you have, you have like three or four people like... Remember, like the early episodes, you're like, "We'll get our, we'll get our interns on that." Exactly. Now you actually have interns. <laughs> I know, <laughs> which is wild. Um, and one other spoiler, um, I I can't say this a hundred percent, but I know this was the intention. So we'll see how the guest lists pan out. But I've been asked permission by more than one. I think at least three of my guest hosts upcoming. Like, does it have to only be Nazarenes? I'm like, 
heaven now. <laughs> it doesn't only have to be Nazarenes. So it sounds like we'll be getting out of our own ways and it won't just be about Nazarenes anymore. I mean, well, Nazarenes yeah. will probably play heavily into this because that's who I know the most of. But we might even have a non-Nazarene host sometime in the future. Oh my gosh. Wouldn't that Don't be wild? Wouldn't that be crazy? <laughs> that won't be as holy, but... Oh yeah. my goodness. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Ralba no, I, I think it's... I think that's like all great ideas and um I think yeah I I really enjoyed the opportunity um this this time around to have conversations with people who I who I know and and like and um I think uh, one of the things that I, I Curtis the very first episode that we we aired um, who's a chaplain in the navy I learned a ton from him and just this idea I mean I feel like chaplaincy is a ministry I've never really understood. And um, it was really just encouraging me to hear the ways that like, he's like, like being in the military, being a military chaplain, like the idea of like, Oh, I'm going to open up the church doors on Sunday. And like, everybody's going to come. was like, not a thing. And like, he is actively in the lives of sailors and Marines on a daily basis. And like, I'm like, I wish, you know, I'm, I'm bivocational, but it's like, I wish I could do that. You know, like I wish I could like be more actively involved with like my neighbors and the people who I'm, who I minister to, you know, on a daily basis like that. That's, I think that's just a great model for ministry. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we had Denise on who's actually retired since we recorded that. So she is no longer, she, she stepped down. She's one uh, of the not a millennial uh, yeah, she's uh she was very she was she's a boomer so she was very she was very open with that um but she was um she's 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 retired now she's enjoying her grandkids and um but it was just really great to hear her perspective on um being a, a woman called a ministry in our denomination and also just being somebody who really encourages um younger pastors she was my mentor so like I don't know if our, if our, all the districts do it, but our district, like when you're in the ordination um, process, you have to have a mentor for so many years. Um, so that's how I really got to know her. Is we met monthly for a couple of years, um, and just she's just an awesome, awesome woman and awesome pastor. Um, and so, yeah, I just I really enjoyed all the conversations. I enjoyed that you know it wasn't just like one type of pastor it wasn't just one kind of like one type of church we had bigger churches smaller churches uh, medium-sized churches all represented we had worship pastors children's pastors um so yeah there's just so many different ways that ministry can happen and i think that's cool that you're you know the way that the podcast is going is that there's just other aspects of things that like i mean the whole idea of like um would you say it was like about around disability? Yeah, disability theology. Okay. Like having like that, that's a conversation I've never had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like what does your building say about how welcoming you are to people with disabilities? Right. Like yeah. that just just the access to the building actually speaks volumes. And that's something that, you know, someone like me, um, and gosh, there's a term for it and I can't remember now, which is 
why I'm not going to lead that. Cause I don't, <laughs> I'm not the person, right? Like I, I don't know all the things, but like having that conversation and be like, Hey, your building actually speaks volumes to, to folks, especially this subset of folks. And like, if they can't mm-hmm. even get it in the building, what do you expect? Right. Yeah. So, or yeah. Or like camp worship. I mean, Dude, there's some science behind that. Man. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and all of it still through the lens of, hey, young folks are are asking questions. I think that's the the number one thing I'm most proud of of our generation is yeah. that we didn't just accept stuff at face value and we challenged things and we asked questions. And that's what gets us in trouble a lot, but it's also necessary. Yeah. It, I mean, the, I, I think there's history will we'll we'll look back and we'll decide if this is accurate or not. But that you can't just continue to do a thing. Yeah. I think you, you said it, you know, expecting different results doing the same thing, definition of insanity, but that's, yeah. that's what can happen in an organization in a denomination. When, when you have sort of a, a playbook that you play by that you're comfortable with, that you understand, you can't do that static. You can't have a static, you know, organism, organism, if you want it to grow and to thrive and to flourish, like it has to be adapting, growing, changing, with with the environment it's in and yeah. so the fear is always obviously like compromising some theological doctrinal stance but you don't have to do that like you can yeah. you can have the same doctrine and just it doesn't have to be in a church building on a sunday morning for two hours or you know whatever mm. the case may be so yeah that's... the wild the wildness of you know all of these unique perspectives and the stories that'll be shared but then kind of the undergirding of the themes that are being there. I just, I'm, I'm excited about it. So we'll see, we'll see if we pull it off. <laughs> yeah. A lot of yeah, moving parts. That, that'll be, that'll be fun. I think that, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to hear how things uh, evolve and, uh, and change and, and yet, you know, still at the same time, kind of keeping that heart of hearing people's stories and, and hearing about how we as the church can do better. And uh, yeah. Uh, and, that, and that was the thing that I think I came out of as well is just this idea that like every, all the, all my guests, I kind of asked them like, what gives you hope? Like what, what gives you hope? Like why, 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 what do you think we're doing well? And I think everybody had a had really good answers. Just like this idea that, you know what we might basically like, millennials gen z's like these aren't lost generations you know like the church i mean i think there's so many times in in history where we've kind of written off groups of people and that's never usually ends up well um and i think there's seasons within the life of the church Uh, there's there's times of wilderness and there's times of of revival and there's times of um kind of monotony and um we're we're in a season right now and that doesn't mean it's a bad thing um in a lot of ways i think it means that we need to adapt um which is what which is what i was really encouraged by i think everybody like i said everybody i talked to was talking about like hey how can we how can we how can we do things differently and not, and then also like, how can we like change our goals instead of it just being like, you know, like you've always said butts and pews, you know, like how many, how do we, 
how we change our mindset from what we can count to kind of what does faithfulness look like? What yeah. is um, being faithful to the call God's given us look like to mm-hmm. us? Um, which is really hard to report. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Gosh, I don't know if it was on this podcast or if I saw it somewhere else or gosh, I've been listening to so many too. (laughs) There was this very fascinating conversation about uh, the nonprofit status of churches was a well thought out decision to be made. And it had everything to do with the benefit you were to your neighborhood and your community Mm -hmm. and enabled you to be that much more of an impact. And so the natural response that I was seeing or hearing was, well, what if we just let neighborhoods decide if churches should be nonprofits anymore? What if we, and like, you know, it was this really, it was obviously like a whole bunch of hypothetical conversations and everything, but it, it stirred something up. I'm like, gosh, there's something to that about being faithful. Your neighbors should know what you're doing. Right. Like Mm -hmm. the the neighborhood, if your church is in a neighborhood, that neighborhood should be like, yeah, this church does this, that, the other, we know about them because X, Y, Z. That was the thing that just kept kind of coming back to my mind and hearing all the different, you know, convictions and passions of your guests and all the guests this whole, all year long. Right. There's, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of interesting threads that I have been chewing on. And I, I, I guess I don't know what I'm doing beyond just like processing it and thinking through, um, but I think the one thing I I have taken away from your season and from, from the rest of the seasons as well is uh, while change is scary, it is kind of a necessary thing. Mm-hmm. And there are plenty of, uh, I guess we'll continue to just brand it. There are plenty of millennial pastors that are down with it, that are ready to like, yeah. hey, let's, let's run with a thing. So what yeah. does it look like to be kind of partners in that? You know, you don't have to, we don't necessarily want to burn it all down but we know that some stuff needs to change or adapt or, or have mm. a reorientation of goals and metrics, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I don't know. I, there's like this underutilized, you know, passionate group of folks that are all, all about it. And I heard in so many of the stories, um, you know, through this year, if given the opportunity folks would work real hard for some of that stuff, but it seems like half the battle is just getting a seat at the table. Yeah. Yeah. And and which is why, like, I, I really did enjoy Brit's season. Um, like in like a cathartic kind of way. Like I think these are conversations we need to have. Um, not that I enjoyed hearing people why they left the tribe. I, I still choose to be in. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's one of those things like without having these conversations, then how do we expect things to change? How do we expect attitudes to change? Um, yeah. Um, or even, think, even on the most basic level, how are we holding ourselves accountable? You yeah, know, like as an organization, as an institution. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, we haven't we I mean we have an issue. Like 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 let's name the issue. We have more pastors over the age of 60 than we have under the age of 60. And maybe that means there's a lot of churches that need to close. I don't know. I think to a certain extent, like churches closing is healthy, mm-hmm. but um 
what does that mean? We're not the same denomination we were 10, 15, 20 years ago. I hesitate to say any numbers, but I do have some numbers. I'm still working on the official <laughs> numbers, trying to get them from archives and all that stuff. But the latest stat was pretty staggering. Um, at least approaching half in USA, Canada of all pastors um, were over uh, 60. Half. Wow. Is pushing half. Um, yeah. but I don't have, don't, don't quote me. And there was probably 10% of pastors in USA, Canada were under 40, which is, mm-hmm. that's the, that's the problem. That's why this show exists. Oh, wow. <laughs> so don't, don't quote me on that yet. I'm, yes. I'm actually researching this. I'm working on this. Once I actually have the, the for sure, for sure numbers. Yeah. I will I will release them. Um but yeah, it that's the issue. That's that's the problem that's at hand. I mean, I guess we shouldn't dance around it. We can just call it what it is. Um if if that's your organizational structure, you need to ask some questions. Yeah. That's that's not normal. Yeah, for sure. And then yeah, there's just so many barriers to treat about that. Like I don't think anybody needs to stand behind a pulpit. <laughs> And claim to speak for God. Uh, I I appreciate the fact that education was required and discernment and time went into into my, my calling. But I feel like oh, there's got to be an easier way to do it. <laughs> there's got to be a more streamlined process. There's got to be like a, a what's the word like where the elevator goes straight to the top. <laughs> Uh, I can't remember the word for it, but yeah, we have to we have to figure something out where it's not as difficult to. Are you talking about glass ceiling? Is that what you're thinking of? No, um, the express. We have oh. an express path. Yeah. Um, because it just, I've I've seen so many, I've seen so many people get into the process and just get burned out. Yeah. And it's like. And they're young and they have families and and they're just like, I don't need this headache in my life, (laughs) you know? And to a certain extent, I can relate with that. (laughs) Uh, Yes. I mean, holy cow, going through ordination with as many kids as I have now, I can't even imagine. That was one thing I did right is I got through that (laughs) with only one kid. I only had one kid when I was ordained. So I got through that. I can't even imagine trying to do all that stuff with toddlers running around that's wild man i don't know how you did it or even um just the way that like i feel like the the job path is like it's like you start as like a children's or a youth pastor or a worship pastor or maybe you're a children's worship pastor or a youth worship pastor to really get a job you're probably gonna have to wear three hats but get paid for one and then you're gonna and then you're gonna become then you're gonna start then you're gonna become a pastor at a small church that barely pays you if they pay you at all and they might and be then, struggling that might be there might be a reason why they can barely pay you and then maybe you'll get a job where you'll get a decent salary so one of the reasons <laughs> we might branch out to other denominations <laughs> is i was sitting down with another group and they said that you do what with your struggling churches we actually so i guess one of my one of my pastor friends in the area um he said if a church is, is struggling or if it's a problem church or if it's got issues, we send our retired vet salty pastors in there to deal with it. Like, well, that's, 
that might make sense actually interesting <laughs> like yeah why do why don't we do it that way but <laughs> it's it's a whole conversation worthy of being had and that's what we're trying to do trying to have those conversations by sharing the stories of those who are living it and experiencing mm-hmm. it and trying to figure out how to remain faithful despite some of the imperfections of of denominational uh you know quality and and yeah. I'm we're still Nazarene we're choosing to be that you know, at, as of this p- podcast as of <laughs> this air date we're still doing that right we're part of it yeah. but we I I won't speak for you I feel responsible um to also acknowledge that hey there's some stuff that we need to address and that's the biggest thing about uh yeah. this part there there I can't and you can't place one finger on it like I can't I couldn't tell you one specific thing that makes it difficult to retain young pastors but I could name a number of things and you know you already hit on one of it it's just the whole process is 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 tough mm. but then getting into ministry at just getting a job period is a struggle but then like you can get even further into the weeds and like well what if you're called to be a pastor but you don't necessarily understand why preaching has to take place on a sunday morning in a church sanctuary mm. or you want to do the home church thing but since you've never been a pastor you have to like prove you can be a pastor by like running a youth group for a couple of years then you can like plant a home like how, what mm. is the how do you actually get to what you feel your unique giftings are if there's not mm. actually like a real route to that so yeah so many things that go into it. I don't know. Maybe maybe there'll be more concrete ideas we come up with in the future. But for the time being, uh, we think it's our response. I think it's this podcast's responsibility to point out that, hey, there are things we should actually take a closer look at. And um, yeah. for now, that's enough. And maybe it'll grow into something more. But Yeah, I think it's you got to have the conversation or else... I don't know. I'm I'm somebody who <laughs> I'm a I'm a procrastinator by nature. And just the things I don't want to do, those are the things that go to the bottom of the pile. Mm-hmm. And at the same time I recognize that those are probably the things I need to take care of first. Those are the things I I should be addressing head on. Um but yeah, I I I agree. Like it mostly comes down to things like like I always wait to the last minute to do my taxes and stuff like that. Just <laughs> <laughs> things that are just boring to me. Yeah. Uh, I feel um, that. Yeah. But anyway, I, I, I think that this is a, a great place to have those conversations. And I mean, I know that um, I don't know how many of the listeners know, but you, you may have caught some heat once or twice for some things that have been said on this show. Um, Absolutely. I think it's I think it's great that you know you and the millennial pastor are willing to confront these things as opposed to just kind of wishing them away or maybe just thinking if we don't talk about it then it won't happen or I don't know. The um, new hashtag that I use to sort of embody the whole, oh, just it's fine is hashtag yeah. thoughts and prayers. So that's the <laughs> other one that I use a lot. I was like, oh, thoughts and prayers. It's fine. It'll be good. Whatever. <laughs> thoughts and prayers. It's very, very dismissive and snarky and a, a thing I've been accused of being. So, but um, yeah, there, there's a reason and rhyme to it. I, I do think the biggest pushback for the longest time is why are you talking about that? Like, cause no one else is that I hear in our, in our little circle mm-hmm. in our little tribe. So 
we should probably do something about at least talking about it. And then we'll yeah. see how it goes from it. But thanks for yeah. being willing to talk about it. And I don't know. Amen. Who knows? Maybe you'll be guilty by association. Mm, maybe. <laughs> Hopefully not. That's not this, actually my intention. I I don't. Nobody said anything so far, but I don't know. We uh, sometimes Christians can be very passive aggressive. So. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> oh. oh my goodness. Uh, you're gonna get me off on another we should probably wrap up i'm gonna get off on another tangent well ryan thank you for being willing to take the helm listeners thanks for listening um this is going to be our last official episode of the year there could be a bonus episode or two in the wings i'm not 100 sure if they'll happen this year but look forward to the first wednesday of january being the first episode of the next season this is season seven right we're wrapping up season seven yeah seven so season eight if uh if all goes to plan and we get the production done that we need season eight will air the first wednesday of january and if that's like new year's then it might be the second wednesday of january i don't have a calendar in front of me new year's is is on a sunday okay so i think it actually is so that would what january 3rd would be uh first wednesday fourth yeah. I think that will be the first episode of season eight and uh, we'll probably be doing an introductory episode to introduce the new guest host. This is the nice. form. This is the format we're going to use. I'll jump on with the new host. We'll hand things over. We will talk about what the season is going to be about, explain what you can expect, and then we will turn it over and nice. do another handoff in between seasons like we did this last year. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it too because I don't know anything about. It. I mean, other than what you've said tonight, I'm 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 in the dark. So, I well, like, I like knowing. I like uh, kind of being surprised sometimes. That's as much of a teaser as I feel comfortable giving. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, with that being said, thanks for listening. If you feel like rating, reviewing, or subscribing, that'd be awesome. Uh, algorithms are important, and that's how our podcast gets suggested or recommended to other people. Plus I actually do care about what you think. If you want to message us, you can email us, you can comment. And I normally respond and interact with those that have some thoughts. And even if you don't like it, I still interact with those folks as well. So if you have any thoughts or prayers, or you want to just say hashtag bless letter, letter rip. But this has been the wrap up episode for season seven of the millennial pastor podcast i am the temporary host for this episode my name is josiah i'm going to call you a co-host my co-host yeah. has been ryan right i guess you're yeah. the co-host. yeah ryan who's losing in uh fantasy football to josiah right now so i'm pretty excited about that came back to the u.s and i was really being a u.s-er with the whole <laughs> that version of football you're getting me off on tangent. i think you're doing this on purpose i know i know this has been the millennial pastor podcast thank you so much for listening stay tuned for season eight
The Millennial Pastor Podcast was created and produced by Byron Certain and Josiah Jones. This season's guest host is Ryan Alba. Our editor is Caden Barksdale. And original music was done by Andrew Jones. This podcast is part of the Millennial Pastor Podcasting Network. For more podcasts like it, please visit themillennialpastor.com. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you can join us on the next episode of the Millennial Pastor Podcast.